Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to the Pastor Duke podcast from upstate New York. It's a rainy day. My garden is happy. I caught my groundhog. He did $300 damage. Went to the farmer store today and got some plants, which was miraculous to be able to get them. And I'll be replanting and hopefully we can uh, have a nice harvest of some of the vegetables that the groundhog killed. But anyway, that's my ongoing battle in the gardens where I keep my sanity. But thanks for tuning me in. My podcast family is my new congregation, and I hope to be a blessing to you. I'm studying hard. I'm working hard to be a blessing. Trying to hit some things that are in our face today is uh, one of them. Uh, I guess I would call my thoughts today, they're coming after our children. Just as Jesus said, suffer the little children unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Satan also is going after our children. Hitler said, he who controls the youth controls the future. Lenin said, women should work outside the home so the state can raise the children. Sigmund Freud said, all sexual restraint is evil. People should be free to live out all their sexual urges. Any moral or religious pushback is evil. Hillary said, it takes a village. And let me tell you, convergence of all that is here. It's what our kids are facing in the public school system today. Last week, the NEA, National Education Association, locked down hard on the critical race theory. We're not going away. We're bringing it to your school. have a lot of friends in high places in public schools here in our area. They are saying it is here. Great people are rising up trying to stop it. But let me tell you, the battle is on, the battle for our children. Look who and what has been banned in our public schools. Look at who and what are being embraced by our public schools. We're seeing uh, transvestites coming in, speaking, telling stories, showing our children what a wonderful lifestyle that is. And all the meanwhile, we're paying our taxes, our school taxes, which in New York is a lot of money to have them teach our children things that, we are opposed to then if we choose and we often do to put our children in another form of education private education where we can control the agenda a little bit better then we have to pay for that as well so it's not a level playing field it's not fair but also this world's not our home we're just passing through well my wife taught 20 years in a new york state public school educational system where the Christian and or conservative views were checked at the door. It has been a totalitarian educational system in New York for many years now. 1962, the Bible and prayer were removed from our public schools. Only 11 years later, Roe versus Wade was uh, embraced. And since then, 63 million innocent dead babies now their blood cries from our soil. Schools were once locally controlled, which was given way to state mandates, which is being given away now to federal mandates. 
kind of like whoever controls the money, controls it all. Follow the money is a good way to figure out what's going on. It's no longer separation of church and state. It's now full-blown statism. In silencing of any voice of opposition, Satan has been working incrementally for many years, strengthening his grip on the minds of our youth. The public is forced to fund it all through taxation, but is allowed no voice in the curriculum as more money per student by far is spent in America than in any other nation. All the while, public educational standards and results continue to decline. Not long ago, America was first in education, and today we are like 38th and falling in the world fast. You see, money can't fix stupid. The removal of God has created a vacuum that has been filled with secular humanism and now Marxism. I grew up in the McCarthy era when we were finding uh, communist sympathizers within our government in high places in business and driving them out. And of course, they were treated uh, the driver outers, <laughs> bad English, but you know what I'm talking about, kind of treating as though it was the Salem witch trials. But let me tell you, a new wave of McCarthyism would clear out a lot of people in Washington, clear a lot of people in the National Education Association and the state uh, orders of education from state to state. Critical thinking, which was once bedrock of our educational system, has died to groupthink. Opposing views are shot down, ridiculed, banned, punished, straight from the Communist Manifesto and the Nazi playbook. I read those uh, cover to cover in the days of my youth because I was not so much a Nazi that sympathizer, but uh, I thought Karl Marx had uh, some good ideas, uh, which turned out in history not to work out so well in the real world. Well, I was able to travel, my wife and I, through the Eastern Bloc countries not long after the communist stronghold was broken. I saw the devastation of collectivism in Romania under Ceausescu. They leveled the, uh, the villages and brought everybody collectively into these drab apartment buildings, just one upon the other upon the other. It was so sad to see the way the people were forced to live under that regime. I heard their college students ask how stupid could American university students be to suck in uh, to all of this Marxist propaganda. Don't they know how Marxism has failed everywhere it has been tried? Don't they know the dangers and death that follow each time Marxism gains control in a country? And the answer to their question is no. Uh, most uh, liberal U.S. college students have no clue to the realities and the cruelties of every uh, Marxist victory. They know not of the millions of Russians who died under the Bolshevik Revolution in what in the former Soviet Union, nor the 70 million people Mao killed in China to gain his control or Pol Pot in the killing fields of Cambodia. They're just uh, not really educated. They've been propagandized. They've been blinded. All this reminds me of the Bible prophecy that in the end times, educational realities, the Bible says they'll be ever learning and yet not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Bible prophecy being fulfilled, pointing to the soon return of Jesus Christ in our educational system. History would clearly prove 
that the government powers which censored their opposers soon killed their opposers. Satan was not able to bring down America by an outside military force, so he rose up the enemy from within, exactly as Nikita Khrushchev said back in the early 60s, that Marxism will crush you from within. They've infiltrated our educational system, our national media, mainstream media, much of the U.S. government, I believe the entire Democrat Party and about a third of the Republican Party. They've bought and paid for many of our judicial leaders, and now they seem to control the social media as well. You see, Satan must crush America, American exceptionalism, patriotism, and nationalism to lock in his global New World Order. I don't really care all that much about the political side of things. I see everything through the lens of Bible prophecy. I understand what's happening now because I know where it's all going to end in Revelation 13 under a totalitarian government of the Antichrist. I'm watching it happen before my eyes. People say, you're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, Yeah, Satan is the prince in power of the air. It's Satan's agenda to set up his kingdom, to sit on a throne in Jerusalem, not Washington, not Beijing, not uh, uh, Moscow, in Jerusalem, to sit in Jerusalem, sit on the, on the throne of the temple of God, claiming that he is God. That's where it's all heading, and we're watching it be fulfilled. My calling is not to stop all of that. I think my calling is to understand it, watch what's happened, lift up my voice like a trumpet, show people, show my generation what's going on, how it all fits together uh, biblically, how it, uh, it's a glove of prophecy, the hand of reality, so people can be ready. They can understand their times and know what to do. We're witnessing the final stages of implementation of a totalitarian government, and we're seeing uh, federalism taking over statism. There's a battle going on, and the human side of me wants states to win their rights and control things, not the federal government. But my theology says um, the feds are going to win, and they're going to lock us into the new world order. I had an experience uh, just a few weeks ago. My podcasting partner, uh, Pastor John Westfall, and I were at the Subway shop getting a sandwich between our podcasts. We do one in the morning, have lunch, and then do a second podcast in the afternoon on According to John. You need to be watching that on any podcast platform, According to John. hits all the top issues that we're facing in the church today. Well, John always buys lunch for somebody uh, when he's paying, and I, I try to do it. I follow his lead and buy lunch for somebody, too. It's kind of fun going in, spending an extra 8 or 10 bucks to bless somebody out. And uh, so he, we come in, we're ordering our sandwich, and he was going to buy that day. So he kind of slipped around this gal. She's probably about 30 years old, went over to the potato chip thing, got a bag of chips, stepped back up towards the cashier. I think she thought he was like, crowding in line in front of her, but the, her sandwich was already ordered. It wasn't going to create any difficult for her, but she obviously didn't understand what's going on, and he, and he paid her bill. And so the cashier that knows us well, loves us, we're in there every week, it seems, and she knew what was going on. And so the gal, uh, 30-year-old gal that he bought lunch for, steps up, and the cashier smiles and says, you're taking care of your, uh, someone else bought your lunch for you. And the gal totally freaked out on John. 
paying no regard to the fact that he just bought her lunch. And she, she screamed at him and there were the four people working behind the counter. And there was a couple other people, myself, John and, and her, and she freaked out on him. He said, you made me feel uncomfortable. How dare you? She told him off and John standing there, pastor John in, in amazement, he didn't say a word. And, you know, of course, the bill had not yet been paid. He, they're going to put it on our bill as we're coming up behind her. And John could have stepped up and said, hey, just forget about it. Let her pay her own bill. But he didn't. And she t- continued to tell him off. And you made me feel uncomfortable. That's what I'll never forget. You made me feel uncomfortable. How dare you? The mortal sin, you made me uncomfortable. She took her free lunch <laughs> and headed out and, and stormed out. And uh, everybody was shocked. And the lady said to her, he just paid for your lunch, ma'am. And she was freaking out and didn't get it. But that was a, a thing that I'll, I'll never forget. And the lady behind the counter, the cashier who knows us well, said to him, I can't believe you paid her lunch after she told you off like that. And Pastor John said, as he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, I don't want to be ever under the control of angry people that are choosing to do wrong. I always want to do the right thing and do what God's calling me to do, to what God puts on my heart to do, no matter what the response is. Wow. Kind of like God commended his love towards us, and now while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Kind of like that. And so the gals behind the counter were completely uh, amazed, and they they were so proud of John. They'd like to go out and claw that gal's eyes out for treating him so rudely after he was so kind to her. But I'll just never forget those words, you made me feel uncomfortable. And I realized that's the woke world that is sharing their voice and having their way a lot politically educationally, even militarily, kind of freaks me out a little bit. But see, we're called uh, to understand our times. We're called not to condemn these people that are already condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. We're here to try to reach these people. But I also heard on the news just the other day, Columbus Academy, our high school in Ohio used to play, it's a small school, used to play Columbus Academy in sports. So I, I knew the school well, a very expensive elitist school, about $30,000 a year to send your kid there. They're embracing the new curriculum on racism, critical race theory, and parents found out about it, found out what's in the theory, and they went to the school board, and the school board circled the wagons around the principal, around the uh, administration, and dug in and said, no, we're teaching, we don't care what you think. So the parents, a couple of the parents, taught their 10-year-old girls questions to rise up in class uh, about this as it was being taught. So the parents were doing their job teaching their children. Remember, teach your children well, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, and little girls asked the questions in class, and the teacher said, quote, your questions are making me feel very uncomfortable. We're going to end the conversation now. And those same words that that gal said at the sub shop, you made me uncomfortable. The teacher, master's degree in education, the teacher says to 10-year-olds, you're making me feel uncomfortable. We're going to end the conversation right now. The teacher reported to the principal, and the principal reported it to the school board. They expelled those little girls. They took the punishment out on two little 10-year-old girls. Oh, my. These are scary days. These are wicked days. 
But that little phrase, you made me uncomfortable, that seems to be a mantra in the woke movement. You know, I think of the the great preacher Billy Sunday back around the early part of the 20th century. He was pretty tough on sin and Somebody said, Billy, Sonny, you, you rubbed the fur the wrong way. And he said, well, turn the cat around. <laughs> uh, making people feel uncomfortable is sometimes the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. I'm trying to understand the woke culture, trying to wrap my, my, my brain around all of this thinking so I can hopefully win some of them to the Lord. They're blind, now leading leaders of the blind. Wokeism has many tenets, many of the same tenets that a religion would have. It has articles of faith and patterns of practice. Let me give you some of the tenets of the woke faith. Number one, truth is relative and not absolute, yet they are absolute in holding to it. That's interesting, isn't it? No absolute truth. Truth is relative. Therefore, the Bible has no meaning, no place whatsoever in the movement. Number two, evolution is how we got here, not special creation. It's all by time and chance and not by plan and purpose. There is no planner. There is no purpose. We'll not meet him. So in the meantime, we can do what we think is right. Number three, God, religion, the Bible have no place at the table of dialogue. No place in government, no place in education, no place in establishing community standards. Boy, that's just a term that we hadn't heard of until about a year ago. Community standards, the Bible, religion, faith, no place in establishing community standards. The woke uh, doctrine is to teach our children everything wrong about our country, to rewrite history, to tear down former national heroes, to tear down statues, to correct all the wrongs of the past, but not teaching them that, hey, we fought a civil war to correct the slavery issue. Hey, we had the Emancipation Proclamation. Hey, Martin Luther King... Uh, did a whole lot. Did you ever hear him? You know, judge uh, not a people by the color of their skin, but by the conduct of their character. Remember that? The younger generation is not aware of all that stuff. The education has been propaganda and has kept them away from huge truths. They know not the realities and the horrors of the Holocaust. Many of them are Holocaust deniers. Climate control is the highest calling. We must... Step up to save the planet from ourselves. Green is God. I use a little G there. Green is God. A smaller carbon footprint is your divine contribution. All the while, their greatest prophets, uh, like Al Gore, have huge and growing carbon footprints and getting filthy rich preaching this doctrine. Oh, the hypocrisy is everywhere. Global depopulation movement is in full swing. Agenda 21, now called Agenda 2030, to bring uh, the planetary population from 7.3, 7.4 billion down to a manageable uh, 500 million in the small print. 
uh, unelected Bill Gates leading the charge of the depopulation movement, who also is heading the vaccination movement under the World Health Organization. Isn't that interesting? Euthanasia and uh, vaccines all coming out of the same brain. I'm listening to many doctors who are warning that infertility could well be the result of a lot of the present-day vaccines. That is a great fear. I hope that's not true, but that's what a lot of doctors are fearing, and time will surely tell. That should send chills up a halfway-thinking person's uh, spine. Individualism must die to collectivism. Smart cities must crush suburban sprawl. Mass transit must crush personal car ownership. Meat production must die to veganism, which just happens also to be a prophecy of the end times condition. The Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 4, in the last days, they will be uh, men will be commanding to abstain from meats. <laughs> oh, that would be Bill Gates doing. There he there he comes up again, buying all this farmland, shutting it down, hundreds of thousands of acres that once produced growing weeds, even as we speak. Gee, I wonder what's up with that. Social justice warriors are the new evangelist of wokeism fighting for justice for the oppressed, all to the fueling of racial tensions, all the while pushing the LGBT agenda. You know, in the end, they will wish that they had been fighting on a mercy agenda rather than a justice agenda because the judge will bring about justice God doesn't settle his books every 90 days, but he is soon to settle his books. Best to have no children and do your part of saving the world from human species. And it's interesting how they fight both to save the whales and kill the human babies. How ironic. All the while, they scream for tolerance. They are the least tolerant of any people against them. We make them feel so uncomfortable, those of us who don't buy into their agenda. Total intolerance towards us. Hate is the emotion that drives them. They hate injustice so much that they can burn down the neighborhood summer of 2020 and feel justified while they practice their First Amendment right to free speech that was purchased for them by the blood of patriotic American soldiers, yet they hate the military, they hate the police, defund the police. It's kind of like sympathy for the devil. I could go on and on and on about the woke movement. But I think enough's been said to just let you know it's kind of, in my view, summarizing it all, it's uh, kind of opposite of the truth, kind of a necessary to rewrite history, kind of have to have your head uh, in the sand a bit to follow along the, the dictates of their doctrines. But I think God's word would sum it up best. They've rejected the one who, who wrote the book, um, one day soon, it seems to me, they'll be seeing him face to face. But the scriptures say about the last days, in whom the God of this world, again, little g, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them 
that receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Their minds are blinded. They've drunk the devil's Kool-Aid. I'm not called to condemn them. But um, all the meanwhile, they, they feel called to condemn me and my position and my God and my Savior and my Bible. I don't need to condemn them. They're already condemned, and that doesn't bring any rejoicing to my heart. It breaks my heart. I'm called to love them, try to understand them best I can, and get the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to them with all power and might. I must be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. I, like Paul and you, as Paul was to the Athenians, trying to understand them, learn to speak some of their language so we can meet them where they are. We must be bright and shining lights to them. We owe them. Paul said, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor to these people. I owe them a good marriage to show them that the biblical ways of marriage really do work and bring about great peace and joy. I owe them a strong, a focused family, a successful family, a loving family to show them the historic Judeo-Christian moral values really do work and really bring about joy and peace. We must maintain a pattern of good works that while they behold them, they can argue with what we say, but they cannot argue with who we are. And when they see our pattern of good works, the Bible says they may glorify our Father uh, in the day of visitation. God said, I'll visit them. And they, okay, they hate you and they mock you and they want to silence you and maybe even want to kill you. But in the meantime, just be who I've called you to be. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with love. Have a wonderful marriage. Have a, a wonderful testimony in your community. He said, I'm going to visit them. And then they're going to look at the, the hole in their own heart and the empty lives that they have. And then they're going to see you and say, wow, that Judeo-Christian Bible stuff really seemed to work for them. Look at that marriage. They love one another after 44 years. Their kids love the parents. They love each other. Their kids are raising their kids and the grandkids in the same nurture and admonition of the Lord. This is a debt that I owe to the woke community, even though I don't agree with them, even though I don't fully understand them. I'm working hard at it. I love them. I'm going to walk with God no matter what they think. I want his fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. I want all those spiritual gifts to be seen in me. I want them to see that in me. In the meantime, we need to live above that fray. We need to stop trying to win the arguments. The Bible says it exhorts us that we just live a quiet and peaceable lives. And we understand that wokeism will never fill the hole that's in their heart. We can be sure they're going to come up empty. They have hate. We have love. They have anger. We have peace. They fight for justice. We relish in mercy. They fight to save the planet. We live to save souls. We know the planet's going to be taken care of by the one who created it. When he returns, he's going to clean it up. Besides that, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. A new Jerusalem's coming down. We don't have to worry about that. God's going to take care of that. He promised. We have to understand we have a different father. They are the father of the devil. We've been forgiven. We have power to extend forgiveness to those that hate us. We can pray for our enemies. We can love them, pray for those who despitefully use us. Never forget, the woke, they lose. The redeemed, we win. This world is their heaven. This world is our hell. 
Don't yield to anger, frustration. Don't yield to vengeance. Be filled with the Spirit. You know, in the short time, if the woke generation, uh, social media giants, evils in our government and educational system, if they kind of win the day in the, in the immediate, they ultimately lose. If they silence us, even if they kill us, we still win. Martyrs get special crowns in heaven. They still lose. They're coming after our children. What do we do? We guard our children. We bring up our children and nurture and admonition of the Lord. We set an example for our children. We pray for our children. We try to shield them from false teaching. We get them out of the public schools or we go to the school boards. We go to the teachers. I remember having chit-chats with all my children's teachers early in the year. I'm a young, we're a young couple. We're from old school. We're not trying to push our religion on anybody. We don't even think we have religion. We just love Jesus. We're not trying to push anything on anybody else, but we would hope that our children and our faith would be respected and not put down in the classroom. We never had a teacher dishonor that. Our teachers of our kids in the public school treated our kids great. And so game on. Here we are in the last days. Let's give our best shot at uh, standing close to the Lord. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto myself. May our kids see Jesus lifted up in us and be drawn to him. Greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. May the woke culture see Jesus sitting on the throne of our lives, giving us peace, love, joy, all of that. Let our light shine in their darkness. May we be the ones who God uses to help fill the hole in their heart. Let's go out and try to wake up the woke. How's that sound? That's part of our calling. In the last days, God knew this movement would come. He's equipped us with the Holy Spirit. He's equipped us with the Word of God. And just remember, we're on the winning team. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today. Please share these podcasts with your friend, uh, like, and all that business. Help me get the gospel to the ends of the earth in these final days of the church age. Love you. Have a great day. Bye-bye now.